it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and, of course, of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as the other great content. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I talk to Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera about several topics from his health, how the cancer still impacts him, the value of Ryan Fitzpatrick and the difference in Taylor Heineke's game from two years ago, and why a certain phrase will be heard often this summer. Don't forget you can read my work on ESPN.com and follow me on Instagram at John Kime ESPN. I have a story up now on ESPN on the quarterback situation. On the next podcast, I will talk with my longtime friend and colleague, Rick Snyder, as we take a little walk down memory lane, among other topics. You can also give my podcast a rating on Apple or wherever such things are done. It's always appreciated. Of course, if you don't like the podcast, well, just ignore this request and skip forward. Before I share my conversation with with Rivera, say that one time fast. A couple of things. There was a story out Saturday about the trademark for Washington football team having some issues in part because Mark, the Martin McCall, if you remember him from last year, I'll get into him in a minute, he trademarked Washington Football Club, and it was determined that football team and football club, very similar, et cetera. So I don't know what this means for finding a permanent name, whether this was the one they wanted or not. I do know McCauley has long said, as have others who represent him, that he'd be open to some sort of negotiated settlement. In the past, he said he wasn't looking for money. He told me that last year. And for those of you who don't know, he has trademarked many, many names in the past and increased his rate of trademarks over the last year. Google him, Martin McCauley, you'll see what I'm talking about. I also know some of this uh, with him should not deter Washington because he's not doing it for commercial reasons. And I was told last summer that this made a difference when things these things would get approved or not. Now, obviously, there's some issues here. And again, I was quite sure in saying this, that this shouldn't end the search or the quest to get this name if that's what they want to do. And I don't know what that means for the permanent name. I was always told that football team was in the running. I was told in the past that nothing was in the lead. So while it was among the choices, it wasn't like it was the main choice at that time. This was a couple months ago. You might like that Macaulay trademarked this if you think it prevents them from using it. Again, it doesn't have to. But keep in mind, there are many other names he has trademarked that might be the one you like. So we'll see what happens here. And by the way, for those of you who, for those of you who wonder, why don't they just announce a name? And I was always told, and I think most of you probably get this. I was always told that they wanted to make, they didn't want to just announce the name now and then not have the logo, not have everything taken care of, the trademark, et cetera. Because if something went wrong with the trademark and you announce it, then it looks bad. But also the other thing is they want the logo and the design, every all the designs to be done, and so that way 
Um, you wouldn't have some bootleggers out there, maybe copying a logo, selling it without the permission, et cetera. All, it creates all sorts of issues. So rather than that, that's why they want to do this all at once. So I don't know if that clears it up, but there you go. With the quarterback situation, I'll be truly curious to see how it is handled this summer. And I will always say, I, I will always say I'd be surprised if anyone other than Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up starting. And when I say how it hand, is handled this summer, how are they going to rotate guys? Are they going to rotate by series, by days, by drills? And I was told that I think it sounds like they may rotate series or, or at least that they'll have a legit rotation, whether it's by series, by day, whatever. That's how you have a legitimate quarterback situation. And one reason why you don't throw Kyle Allen there, a lot of coaches don't want three guys fighting for the job because it makes it hard to give anybody a legitimate chance to win the job. It makes it harder. You're having to divvy up a lot more reps with the first unit, and that makes it tough. It's not like you can extend the practice time or they're not going to because they have other stuff to do. So that's one reason why you don't Coaches just don't like having three guys compete for a job. Having two is better. Um, and then they also know what Kyle Allen can do still. So it's not like he's completely out of the running for anything. Certainly down, initially he would be, but down the road, no. Um, anyway, who the heck knows how Fitzpatrick will do. But as you hear in this conversation with Rivera, he prizes veteran knowledge and impact. I don't think Fitzpatrick looked great this spring. I think there were definitely some issues and some things. I know there were some things he was working on. Um, I think a lot of guys do that in the spring, especially when you're a new quarterback or quarterback with a new team and new guys around you. Not to make excuses, I think that's just the way, that's just reality. Now, if he doesn't look great this summer, that's different. I don't. I also don't think that Heineke was some unquestioned star either. Um, keep in mind, one guy was facing a defense that is considered really, really good. The other one was not. That has to be taken into consideration. I asked why Heineke was basically out of the game for two years, and you'll hear his answer, and I'll get to that a little bit more of that in a minute. I asked another executive with a different team the same thing. First, he said that, if, you know, first of all, his opinion was shared by more than a few that I've talked to in the offseason, and the opinion was that, you know, Heineke is a backup. That's how, that's how others view him. Doesn't mean that he's going to be that, but that's how he is viewed at this time based off what we all saw. Because as this executive said, there are other guys who have had one good game, and then you kind of come back down to earth, or you know, the more tape that's out there of you, things just change. Gardner Minshew is what is the name that he gave me. Again, I'm not telling you this is what he will be for sure, just telling you how he is perceived right now. And I just, just to give you a full range of view, we know how these guys are looking at him, and it can be different. And if, they, and if he goes out and does things, good for him. Second, though, this executive said the problem for Heineke, the problem for him in the past was that he's a smaller guy. His traits don't jump out at you. So in a workout setting, he wouldn't really stand out. He's not going to be he's not going to look more impressive than some other guys who might be bigger than him or have a better arm than him. He's a guy. And this exec said that you really have to get him in a game to feel his impact, to see more of what he can do, because as we saw against Tampa, improvisation and Rivera brought up that word, too. And, and I think that's a key part of his game. So I think that was among the reasons why perhaps he wasn't getting more chances because, you know, you need to see you need to see him in a game like setting. So in the preseason, we're going to see some we'll see him out there and he'll get more of a chance to prove himself. But for other teams, that was among the reasons why now the executive said what would happen if Washington cut him this summer, he would get picked up by another team because they saw what he did. They saw what he could do in a game. And that is really good for him. So. 
not going to get cut. Don't get worried. I mean, my point is that the perception of him around the league has changed as well because of what he showed then. So again, he, maybe he changes the backup um, thing as well. I think for some people, it's hard to envision a guy going from out of league to one game for five quarters to now he's the guy. So there is that you kind of leapfrog some, some levels there. And I think that's why some people are going to consider him just a backup at this point, again, outside of the organization. And so there you go. Revere said that um, when I asked him about the two years ago, he said that they didn't bring him to camp. But I think we got our lines crossed on this one. And you'll hear that, what I'm talking about. When I asked him the question, I was talking about 2019 with Carolina when they did cut him. And it's I went and double-checked it after the interview, and they clearly did. Um, I think that Rivera was talking about last summer when Washington did not opt to bring him in. So I think that's what he was talking about because I know he knows that they had cut him at one point. But I think that's what he maybe he thought I was talking about that. Just to clear that up because I, you know, I went and double checked to make sure. And it's like, OK, that's I think that's what happened. Pretty, pretty safe to say. And that's what happened. Anyway, the point is the same. It was an interesting answer. And I think you'll like it. Heineke remains a great story. And we'll see where it goes from here. But considering Rivera still looks at his roster as being young and the way he feels a, a guy like Fitzpatrick can help, I do have a hard time seeing him lose the job without some really bad play, which, of course, is possible. How long he keep the job would be another matter. That's it for me. I'll be back after this break with Ron Rivera. He tells me the change in Heineke's game, and he also tells me how Luke Keekley helped Cole Holcomb this offseason. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about a fun new offer from Monkey Knife Fight that can enhance any sports experience, whether you're at a game, on your couch, or in a bar. It's a daily fantasy sports league that is easy to play. You can sign up on monkeyknifefight.com using promo code JKR and play games such as More or Less, where an NBA player score more or less than a listed point total. You can do the same in baseball, where a pitcher have more or less strikeouts than a given amount, etc. It's fun, and every Friday it's Home Run Derby, and on three guys who have home runs that night, all three hit one, you share in the prize pool. Every week you can participate in their Eagle Eye jackpot based on the PGA Tour. Choose from any sport, from NASCAR to UFC and League of Legends. And of course, once football rolls back around, there will be even more fun prop bets. This is daily sports betting designed for the average fan to use their knowledge and have some fun. Sign up now at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code JKR. That's promo code JKR. Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with Ron Rivera. I want to get started, first of all, with your health. And you had to go through so much last season. Where are you at right now with everything? How are you feeling? And just compared even at the end of the year, what more things can you do during the course of a day that helps you as a coach? Well, for the most part, I, um, I'm, I'm on the road to recovery. I'm in my seventh month of, of recovery. Um, it has gone well, knock on wood. My reports have all been good, knock on wood. Um, and I actually have a, um, um, a uh, doctor's appointment on Friday for my checkup, for another checkup. Uh, right now, I'm in the phase where it's every three months, every six months, and then every year, once a year. Um, every three months, it's been with my uh, oncologist, my radiologist, and my ENT doctor. 
uh, my surgeon. Um, and then I get a scan every six months and then I get a PET scan every year. That's the kind of the procedure that, that I'll go through uh, for a while until it, each time the doctors get more and more comfortable. So that's been going well. I still do have some fatigue. Um, I, I try to um, try to take a quick 20 minute nap, 30 minute nap after workouts, after practice, stuff like that. And then sometimes later in the afternoon, I just, I, I, I have to leave. I just, you know, my, my head kind of buzzes a little bit. I, I do have a little bit of ringing in the ear every now and then. So, you know, little things that, 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 that are all part of the side effects that I'm still dealing with. I got a little um, neuropathy in my, my hands and my feet. But other than that, things have gone well. Um, you know, I, I've been able to come out to practice with energy. My meetings have been okay as far as energy level with the players. I did have to yell one time and, and get on one of the players pretty good, and I strained my throat a little bit. <laughs> you know, I had a, a appointment with my uh, my ENT surgeon, and she basically told me you can't yell. <laughs> so that which was hard. I said, but I'm a coach. She goes, I know. And she said, I've had some other coaches. I've had a swimming coach that I had to tell you can't yell. Um, so I can't yell. Uh, but good luck I, with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, you know, other than that, you know, like um, I, I think the uh, the, uh, the hay fever, the uh, allergies get to my throat a little bit as well. So I'm, I have to take uh, uh, a decongestive Claritin D every day to try and help keep that calm. But uh, for the most part, it's gone well, though, John. Thank you. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And now switching a an awkward segue to, to football, which is not more important, but it is the the big topic. So based on the spring, what you were able to see in the OTAs and mini camp, what are you looking forward to most seeing in training camp? Um, us to take another step forward. Um, that's the thing that you're always looking for is that it, incremental steps. Um, one of the things that was really pleasing about what happened during OTAs and mini camp um, in phase two, week five of the offseason program, we had about 75 to 78 guys show up for that week, which was really great. It was from what I was from the from the guys I talked to, the coaches, we had the most players show up for that segment. Then when we got into OTAs for a couple of weeks, we had about 97, actually 97, 86 to 86, 87 guys show up. And then the week of mini camp, mandatory mini camp. We basically had 100% of the guys that were eligible to be here, be here. So that was really good to see. So I was very pleased about that. Um, and what had happened was during that whole time when the PA, the Players Association, the players were talking about what they wanted to do for OTAs and mini camps, our guys got together, had a great conversation. They talked to each other, and they decided that's how they were going to do it as a group. And so as a group, they came, showed up, and participated so that was one of the neat things because you could see the kind of cohesiveness of, of the guys, of, of the leaders stepping up and talking about things that, hey, let's do this, let's do this. And they did it. And then it showed by their their attitude in terms of being here and performing and doing the things. That was probably the biggest thing I, I was really pleased with. The next thing was, was you watched the individual positions, the individual groups, the individual players, you could see that for the most part, they were getting it. They understood, you know, the guys that left here after last year's game against Tampa Bay came back 
with a little bit more resolve, I think. They came back with a little better understanding and feel for how things needed to go. Individually, you watched guys and you saw that uh, there was a lot of improvement. A lot of guys took another step. Um, one of the best examples for us on that is Antonio Gibson. You see he's got a little bit better feel for our offense. You see he's got a little bit better feel for the position and the skill sets, the, the, the techniques, the things that he's going to need to do. Um, one of the things that we talked about, I talked about with the coaching staff, is that, guys, we're not going to start where we left off. That's, that's unreasonable to think that we're going to start here. We're going to start down here with the basics, the base fundamentals, and we're going to start taking incremental steps to get better. So that's what I'm pleased with as far as OTAs and mini camps were concerned. That's what I'm hoping to see when we get started at training camp, when we get to Richmond. Obviously, there are some big expectations around this group because of how you finish, because of the, I think there's a lot more excitement around this team than there has been in a few years. You've been around teams that have gone into years with expectations. What is your job as a coach to either, I don't know if it's manage those expectations or dealing with those expectations, which is the better word, but how do you go about that? It's both. I'm going to have to manage the expectations. Um, the thing I get you guys to understand, I'm not worried about what your expectations are, John, to be honest with you, the medias or the fan base. Sure. Uh, or quite honestly, um, anybody outside of our realm, you know, outside of our, excuse me for using it, our bubble. <laughs> um, what's important is – how we see ourselves, what our perception of ourselves are, um, and what's realistic. Okay, that's what's important to me. It should not be worrying about what is expected outside of our bubble. Uh, so that's going to be how we're going to have to manage them, how we're going to have to deal with them. It will always be, a, in, in my opinion, about what, again, comes back to uh, what's important as opposed to what's interesting. With the quarterback situation, a lot was, you know, you talked about having the competition, all that. What are you looking for in that competition? And from a veteran's impact, a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, what does he offer that clearly would give him an edge going into camp? I think how he's handled things in the past will have to be how he handles things now. I mean, he's done such a great job every stop he's been at. He's had success. He's done some really good things. Um I liked what he brought to the table uh, in Miami most recently. But what I really appreciated was the way he handled um, the way we did things with OTA and minicamp. I loved his interactions with his teammates, the, the, the rapport he developed with the offensive line, the rapport he developed with the, with, with the skill positions, the tight ends, the receivers, the running backs, um, and then the way he, he, he developed his relationship and his challenging of our defense. Uh, that's how you get better. That's what I'm expecting from him. And, 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 and as long as he plays at a high level and he handles those situations, he's got every opportunity to be our starter. I, I, and I sincerely mean that. And I've given the example. You, uh, got a we got a chance to watch him do it with, with Diami Brown. Diami was running a pivot route or a shake route, whatever you want to call it. And he ran the route, and he could have run it even better. And what happened was Ryan went over and told him, he said, hey, look, you get to this point, you get here, know that I'm going to work you away from the defender. I'm going to, I want you to use your leverage against him to get yourself open, and I will throw you open. And you can see Diami going, okay, I get it. And then later on, Diami did it. Hmm. And Ryan, you know, Ryan uh, uh, commented on it and, and gave him some praise. And you can see Diami 
you know, his attitude, the smile on his face, like, okay, I did it right. I get it. I'm learning. I understand. That's what a veteran like Ryan Fitzpatrick can do for us uh, in helping us develop our young players. Did Taylor close that gap based on what he showed you this spring? I think Taylor pushed him, yes. Um, and because Taylor came back uh, bigger, stronger, um, you know, we asked him about working and getting stronger, getting more physically uh, fit in terms of his upper body. The one thing we everybody got to remember, he was in school when we, when we brought him right. back. We didn't have an off season to really develop and work it um, because he was taking classes. But we talked to him prior to him leaving, said, hey, look, these are the things that we need you to do to get yourself ready to go um, and get yourself ready to, to, to perform at a high level for us. And, and he went and did it. He came in, looked really good uh, on up until he, uh, you know, he got stitches. Um, right. They were doing a walkthrough. And he went to hand the ball off to the running back, and the running back put his elbow up while Taylor leaned in, and he caught the elbow and cut him right up here. He looked like uh, Flubber Lane. <laughs> got a few rounds with Rocky. Um, he had to get some stitches, so he missed a, he missed a, a full week. Um, but when he got back out there, he looked really good. He really did. He was out of the league for two years, so he could have gotten bigger at any point. Is there something else different about him as a quarterback now compared to when you guys had to cut him in Carolina? I think, uh, and we didn't cut him. We just didn't bring him back. Okay. Uh, I think he's he's playing with a little more resolve. Okay. Um, when we had him, and he did some really good things, but the thing he did was he was hesitant to to do certain things it, it was like he was trying to be too cautious hmm. now i think especially after watching him i think he realized that his strength is when he cuts it loose that part of his game is the improvisation did i say that right yeah improvisation yeah it's improvisation <laughs> of place um that's the truth when you watch him do those things that's what he does best he makes things happen and once he did that in those games last year. I think his teammates really respected that. And that's where he could push a guy like Ryan. Cause it's hard, you know, it's funny cause I, you talk about the competition. It's, you know, you see Ryan taking all these reps and you know that Taylor did push him, but it also, it, from the outside, it feels like, okay, you know, if Ryan plays a certain way that he's going to get the job, but you sound like you think Taylor could really push him even if Ryan plays well. Right. We want we want everybody push. We want everybody developing. We want everybody getting better. We want anybody sitting back on what we did last year, you know. Um, and 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 this phrase is going to be very important when I get together with the team. Now what? You know what I'm saying? Now what? Yeah. I think Taylor's going to be one of the more intriguing guys to watch in the camp just to see that growth because of the size and all that. Um, the other thing you did recently, you brought in Luke Keekley to talk to the linebackers. Well, benefit of that and do, would he be a guy that you and i know he seems like he wants to take some time off but everyone wants to know would he be a guy that you want to bring on here on the coaching staff at some point well I, I know this you know luke was in town visiting some of our our uh some of the guys that he played with are here so he was he was visiting ben jacobs he was visiting our, our strength conditioning Brittany neighbor he was visiting Ryan Vermillion, and I asked him, hey, would you mind coming out and just hanging out with the linebackers, which he did. And he came out and spent a little bit of time and talked to the guys. Um, and it was really cool um, because 
our guys knew who 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 Luke is, and and so he they gravitated to him naturally, and they talked, and they spent time, and um, they asked him to come into the meetings, so he went into the meetings. Um, but no, Luke's going to take some time. Um, it's great because he and I have talked. Uh, we 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 talked. You know, he called me when he was going to retire and told me about that. He he called me and asked me, you know, what I thought about. You know him, him. You know, doing some work with Carolina. I thought it was great for him. But then we talked, and and he really wants to take a little bit of time, spend some time with his family. You know, his, he had a brother in the Marines who's who's recently gotten out. Um, he's got a younger brother who's in college, and and you know his mom and dad have retired. So now is a chance for him to spend some time sure. with him. And and so I I think that's great. You know, because I told him I said you know when I got out of football, I spent a year and a half before I got back in. Mm you know, doing what I wanted to do and, and, and getting out there and just kind of, you know, not having to worry about it. And, if, you know, and, and that's one thing is football will always be there. Uh, he'll always have that. And uh, but it was cool to see him. It really was because, you know, he really was one of my favorite guys. Um, and and it was cool to spend time with him. And uh, I'm just glad he you know, was up here visiting the guys and he was willing to come by and see the guys. It was it was really it was it was really neat to watch him interact with our guys and, and give especially give Jamin and some of our other young guys some advice and I got two more questions so one following up on that did you hear anything from the players that said hey this is what I learned from him and then did you see them apply that on the field yes they 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 they, they learn how to study how, how to pay attention to tape uh, what to anticipate and what to look for and you know I I, I, I think the neat thing about about watching you know him interact with the guys because because I know Cole Holcomb watched Jared Norris last year and Jared would tell him hey this is how Luke looks at things this is how Luke does things and I think that helped Cole and so Cole ended up asking Jared for for some help on things so you see the effect of 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 what a great player has on younger guys and that was really kind of cool I asked you this on the conference call after you know, OTAs, and I think I asked, or minicamp, I think I asked it clumsily. But I think I'm curious the pandemic impact on the organization from a standpoint of when you look at things like scouting, do you, do you change the way you scout, whether it's more, work on less, you know, more tape, less travel, or something that you found that maybe worked better because of that, that you're implementing? Probably the biggest thing it helped us with was with the draft process hmm. we got to interview more people we got to spend a little more intimate time with more people um you know i i one thing that i do is i do our top 100 the 100 guys we think fit us the 100 guys we think we have a chance to draft and i got to interview a good number of those guys and um you know, it's not the top 100 in the draft, but it's the top 100 we think that we'll have a chance to draft that we think fit us the best. And it's the first time I got to really interview that many guys. Um, you know, you 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 try to do it at the combine. You try to do it when you're out when you're out scouting. You try to do it at the Senior Bowl if you're at the Senior Bowl. Um, but this was different because it was a phone call and then Zoom. I mean, that's you know, you can get on the phone, but it was kind of neat to see guys in person, sort of, on by Zoom, and I think that's going to be a tool that we'll continue to use if we're allowed to. That was one of the things I, I, I saw that it helped us. We used it in the off-season off program, um, 
And I think that there, this may be part of the wave of how we do things. You know, those first few weeks of the program may be, may be remotely. I don't know mm -hmm. if we'll continue to do it, but we know how. So if it is something that we're going to do, it's going to be good for us going forward. Um, so there's a lot of things that, 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 that came out of this. I think that, um, you know, that the technological innovations that came about are things that we can continue, I think, if we have to, and we know how to use them. Ron, I appreciate it, and I hope you're looking forward to Richmond. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, I think you'll enjoy it down there because it is it is kind of a fun little city. and It, it is. I mean, um, last year before the pandemic, they took me down there. I toured it. I saw the facility. I saw the practice area. I mean, it all looks great. I mean, it really does. Um, but with, you know, we're still going to be in some of the protocol rules, and it just works out that with this ramp-up period, we have a nice – you know, short week that we can spend time there and not have to worry about having to transport everything this right. year. We'll see how it goes. And if it goes, who knows? We may be going back there again, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, Ron, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Enjoy your time off. You right. earned it. Appreciate it, John. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Ron Rivera and the Washington PR staff for setting up this interview. And thanks to you for listening. I'll keep the podcast coming this summer, so don't forget about me. You can listen to me on the beach, too. I'll be back with another one Tuesday when I'm joined by Rick Snyder. Talk to you next time.